Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 809 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles. Joined today by the duo of James Dean Raider, who's got his best button shirt. Ben Funky Askren coming at us from the Great Salt Lake. He's in Utah for Kids Nationals. He's coached, he coached Greco yesterday. He's doing freestyle today. He loves them both equally. And uh, uh. he'll never tell you otherwise. Hey, I got I got a great discussion to start the show with. Well, that's great. Um, this is a very, discussion show. Very curious what your opinion is. So, okay. a guy I know, Greg, um, he made a tweet yesterday, and uh, he said, "Is Pittsburgh part of the Midwest?" And and then I quote tweeted, I said, "LOL, no." Then he started t- texting me, um, and I said, "I don't even think Ohio is part of the Midwest." How do you guys feel about? He thought that was preposterous. How did you guys feel about that? Um, I sort of consider it's interesting because I you're Virginian. In, yeah, I'm a Virginian. I would consider Ohio part of the Midwest, like thematically, but when you look at it on the map, it's it's pretty much it's East Coast. It's or it's the yeah. East. Um, I don't know Pittsburgh. I I just can't get with Pittsburgh being the Midwest, so, but. That's let me tell you how I yeah. think about it. And, and I'm well, JD's he's a Midwesterner, so he's got to have an opinion. He, also. he is. Um, I think of like Indiana kind of of the end of the Midwest kind of right. And then in my head, I think of like Michigan, maybe even Northern Indiana, Ohio and, and part of Pennsylvania is kind of like the Rust Belt region, right? Where they mm-hmm. have a lot of industry that's not there anymore. Um, like if you go to Johnstown, it's crazy how everything's just uh, a lot of abandoned. And then I think like south of that is like the Appalachia region. Let's go uh, with all kinds of hillbillies and they're making hey. moonshine and whatnot. And the Piles family in the Great Appalachia. What do you think, JD? Uh, yeah, go ahead, JD. What do you think? Yeah, I kind of agree. I uh, I don't really consider. I think like it's not really called, but like the Great Lakes should kind of be its own thing. Like Michigan, like. Mm, that's not really like part of the midwest kind of i feel like michigan and iowa are or in ohio excuse me are like sort of culturally east so i'm I'm good with them being east it does feel like uh the indiana illinois iowa it's a different i mean look right here this is just a it's just a different sort of thing ben Ben askren different sort of thing you know there are people out there that consider oklahoma canada to me west yeah i don't i don't know about that oklahoma (laughs) is not uh it's not no Oklahoma Midwest. 
No. Some people consider Oklahoma the Midwest. No, says I. Uh, here, stop. this is where. All right, look what uh, Tyler has pulled up here. This looks like. Uh, it, 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 most maps that I'm looking at on Google Maps consider Ohio the Midwest. They I'm draw okay. the line no at Pennsylvania. Way. These people are wrong here. I'm Pittsburgh actually, is atrocious. I don't know who's Pittsburgh. That, that's terrible. Yeah, I, I think I think Michigan and Ohio are out of that region. Um, yeah, no, no way they're in there. I was actually thinking some of the things could probably be considered like in the in the multiple categories. You know, like um, say Virginia, a lot of that. You know, obviously some of it's considered East Coast, and some of it's considered like Appalachia region. Some of it might even be considered deep South. Virginia might be split a bunch of ways. There's a lot. There's all kinds of different slices of life in in the Great Commonwealth. Then <laughs> I was there. The that my the slice I'm from is more is the the Appalachian slice. It's the best part in my opinion. Yeah. Maybe Virginia. that part by DC that's like kind of East Coasty a little bit. Yeah, it's right terrible. There, you know? Yeah, terrible. coastal elites. Yeah. Then there's the beach. It's got its own set of problems for sure. Uh, but yeah, okay. Some some regional talk. Well, I, I got another map. Is my favorite. I'm send it All time. right, we're gonna send this map. Uh oh. Well, <laughs> then I got another question for you. Okay, once keep them see, coming. Once we, once we see this map. No, we can go while while we're pulling oh, that. Oh, okay. Well, um, so I mentioned you. I got a coyote problem at my house. That he be my chickens, and we even got a video. Yeah. Uh, of them yesterday, Mr. Jacob Roshka was over there, and he caught a video of. Them. Of the county, it was ballsy. It wouldn't go away. Well, I couldn't believe it would be that that near the the mower that's on, on the name yeah. of a chicken. That must have been a hungry coyote. Yeah. So, uh, but you said your cousins are competitive in coyote hunting, and I was texting with mm -hmm. you. I got to know what that means. Like, what does that mean? What does a coyote competition look like? So basically, you get there's like a. They, they, you, all bets are off. They have like all this high powered machine. It's at night. You go to the places and then you have a certain amount of time to come back with as many freaking dead coyotes. It's pretty simple. You kill as many coyotes like as you possibly can. Twelve hour hunt or something? Or yeah, what? it's like over over a night or something. And then you you come back and you kill as many as you can, and then whoever kills the most wins. Who's the Virginia State champ? Who's the Virginia? My my cousin's husband is like uh very into it um i think he's really good but i don't know i don't know if there's a state championship like there are you know if there were in virginia you would have to assume there'd probably be six different state champions just like in wrestling that would be the <laughs> only the only fair way to do it but yeah lots of uh keith gothard has a cougar problem in lamont oh, illinois I, I think I, he is i think he's yeah i don't <laughs> i don't think he does i think he's messing with you jd has a cougar problem i'm sure i'm sure of that i'm sure he probably does um yeah, coyotes are, are a big problem. They're quite the nuisance to to farmers. So you gotta get rid of them. So yeah, you gotta be, be careful letting you know your little ones running around out there. They're you don't normally. Mess I think with I, listen, this coyote. I sent you the video, Christian. That coyote's small. Ozzie that was a that really small coyote. <laughs> Ozzy would smash that thing. Yeah, yeah, but they, that was that's hey. a fearless one. That's a coyote yeah. with nothing to lose, Ben. Ozzy, Ozzy'd make it lose. <laughs> <laughs> Good old Ozzy. Okay, um, into to one of the uh, the Mid Atlantic states, Pennsylvania. Uh, Nate Cobbler tweeted this out. He's a um, journalist in Pennsylvania. He said that the new the new weight's been released for PIAA. 
13 weight classes is listed by NFHS. Um, and I don't think I'm going to read all the numbers because that's that's officially bad radio. But they basically got rid of the – they took 182 and 195, smushed them together, made it 189. And then basically every other weight is one pound higher than it was before from 107 up to 172. The one set two pounds because 170 was weight class. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, and 160 and 52 and 45 stayed the same. Yeah, there it is. Look um, at the look at my sheet. I, I that's like beautiful. Them. We actually just made the we made the weight class with the AWA duels, and we took out one upper weight also because those weight classes seem to be frequently forfeited. Yes, they're thin. The upper weights are a little thin, so yeah. I think it's good. I think 14 weights is is a lot. I don't like that one of. 103 is 106 is 107. I, I still feel like that could be like a, a lower weight, um, and it's yeah, fine. I, I would I would hate that, but it does, um, to your point, it does prohibit some kids from being competitive because they're just too small, and yeah. you see uh, a lot of smaller kids doing kind of multiple holdbacks, um, which I, I don't really hate. Um but then it's like, so, you know, if, they, if they've done one, but then when they do the next one, because they're still too small, that's like crazy to me. So um, I wouldn't mind 107 being smaller either. Yes. Tanner Jack says, coyotes are invasive on the East Coast. Kill as many as you want. Well, that's basically, that's, that's the approach in, uh, in Virginia. I'm sure everywhere else. Um, nice. So um, I, I don't see any debate about losing losing a weight class i don't think it i don't think kids are losing a lot of opportunities yeah. there i think it's a it lot is of it is hard when you think about like christian take the um the 182 195 at two, 220 rankings essentially mm-hmm. um and and jam so if like flow's got 20 guys ranked per weight class that's 60 guys take those 60 guys and jam them into 40 guys and it's like, you know, 20 really, really good guys are going to get left off the list, which is probably not ideal. But, yeah, on a, on a more local level, those weight classes are definitely thinner and weaker. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I feel the 82, 95, 220, you ended up having some, some top five-ish guys that really – were they really? You know, really? I think – I don't know. I feel like you look at some of the – previous rankings and it's like man this is just there's just too many weights and you can have some number ones that aren't really you know number one type of guys it's just my opinion okay maybe, maybe not yeah uh yeah I'd have to, i guess we have to go back to the previous years and see um it would also be interesting to see um and this is your quant division but if there is some type of correlation between what weight class they finish at and then, you know, collegiate success, right? So, like, if, uh, you know, your 182, 195s, uh, 220s weren't that good, then there's probably been a bigger argument. Because I think there is something to be said for, you know, smaller guys, smaller guys getting bigger. Um, and we, that's something we see kind of frequently where they, they grow up into those weight classes and then have a lot of success in college. Yeah. No, that definitely happens. A lot of wrestling this weekend. We had Russian Nationals. We had Mateo Pelicone. Um, Sebastian Rivera was kind of the talk of Mateo Pelicone as he won that ranking series. He beat a lot of really tough guys. He beat a junior world champ. He beat a cadet world champ. He beat, uh, I think, another pretty dang tough guy. Um, 
thought he looked really good. He's gonna be it'll be he'll be an interesting guy to follow as you know he's he'll be someone that will be at the world championships, adding more depth to an already really deep weight class. Uh it looks like he's adjusting, acclimating well to to freestyle. And this is a guy that was, you know, wrestling folk style this year, D one. So I'm sure he's yeah. excited to get going in his uh serious. Whatever happened to him fighting? I thought he was gonna fight. And maybe he will. You know, I don't know. I obviously he's got a, a really close relationship with Frankie Edgar, and yeah. um, but you know, I don't. Maybe he doesn't want to. Maybe he wants to give this a give this a shot through through the Olympics. You know, it's a yeah. short short while away, and then maybe mm-hmm. make the transition as as you know, MMA. You can have a lot of success later in life. Yeah. So. He's chilling, drinking Italian coffee. Yeah, he's a he's a he's a very cult, cultured man. But yeah, he I thought he looked really good. He's got great neutral attacks, so it was, it was fun to watch him navigate. Yeah, his there way was a, this I looked at the wrestler list. Haji Lee was initially on the list for that weight class, but didn't show up. But there was, um, I guess maybe he he's got to be old, but Lomotadze. Yeah, he's he good. lost kind of early. Is he uh-huh. not good anymore? Because he used to be good. Um, I think with these. <laughs> I'm I'm sure they're it's like the Toby Keith song. They're not as they're as good once as they ever was, but uh, yeah. I don't think he's quite. No, he's not the world finals. He might have been a world champ at one of the. I want to say he was a world finalist, years. but it was a long time. Definitely, ago. definitely a world finalist. Here, I'll look it up. Somewhere, um, uh, somewhere. Why John didn't Kozak America screaming. send more of a team to this one? I don't know. It was a really close turnaround from Final X would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, I believe a good chunk of them are going to the next one in a couple weeks. Okay. And the next one's only in like, what he is it, two win. weeks? Um, this this the Pelican was originally scheduled for February and got pushed back. So that's why oh, these yeah, two yeah, are yeah. so close. So Lamtazi was 2019 world, world champ in 2016. That, that recently? Yes. In 2016, he was uh, silver to Logan at the world championships. Mm. Yeah, if you would have asked me, I would have said more back like 2012 to 2016. I would not have. Oh my I didn't remember no, no. 2019. Yeah, that's kind of recent. Yeah, uh, he's good. He's good. Oh, but you know, three years since he won, won worlds. It kind of is not that long. It's kind of not that far ago. It's not that long ago. Wow. No. Nice. So that was the the main story of of Pelicone. Obviously, we didn't send a large. Freestyle contingent. Our ladies, uh, I believe, wrestled really well there. Um, I think we had a couple champs. Let's see if I. Can oh, Kozak's in the chat. He said, uh, Aliyah bumped. Yep. Sorry, Aliyah bumped to seventy, and then Lomatadze said he's coming out from sixty-one. And he's not very good at sixty-five. Yeah, he should stay. He should go back down. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and watching Russian nationals, man, th- those guys. They've been training. <laughs> they are not. Uh, I mean, they're not going to get the world championships. It appears, but they. I thought they looked really good. I watched. I thought Ugoyev looked good. I thought. Uh, my and the thing is, how competitive these guys are. The the people they're wrestling are so good, and the depth of these weight yeah. classes are are insane. I thought ridiculous. Cods, right? yes, ridiculous. I mean, multiple rank guys. Rashidov lost, which I obviously like. I don't like Rashidov very much. And, He's an uh, evil villain. He is a villain, and he lost in the, I think, the quarter. semis. Okay, semis. Uh, he did not make the finals, and then the guy that beat him did not end up winning. 
Omarov. So that's good. Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy uh, how deep some. I mean, uh, a few brackets look like they got about forty people in them. Yeah, shout out to Kozak for uh, he just made these brackets. These aren't like posted anywhere. He, wait, he made wait, what? these. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I missed that part of it. I saw him try to post them to Twitter, and he kind of messed up. I didn't realize that he created the brackets himself. Yes, he did. Wow. Why do you think Russia has not learned? Listen, we here in America, we have multiple bracketing software services. Why do you think they haven't learned how to post a bracket online yet? Well, they do. They do he but just translates them. Yeah, you want to be able to read them. They don't put really? them in. Yeah, they put them in the. Uh, well, they don't have like Arena. Not that I know of anyway, but they, they could post use the brackets. It. They could use it. Arena is free. They could. Yeah, they should do that. Um, but yeah, it's not, they're not in English, so they're kind of harder to read. Although, if you watch a lot of international wrestling, you get to where you can sort of read you, the shape you recognize of the, word. the, uh, the symbols of the Cyrillic alphabet? Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, so the there were a couple notable guys not there, Sajalayev and Sidikov. Sajalayev probably just like, I'm on the team. He probably just informs Russia that he'll be on the team. Sidikov well, is, this wasn't to make is, a team, right? For the record, but also he will just say, "I'm on the team," and who's to defy? There is no team. There is there is a team. Whether they, they will make or, him wrestle off. That's what yeah. they oftentimes do. But. And then Sidikov is hurt, um, so Zamalov won that way. Um, that was a that was a the the finish of Zamalov Valiev. You should watch it and go to the the um, Russian Nationals recap and watch the the final sprint from Valiev is like extremely exciting. He's like trying everything, jumping over and Zamalov able to hold, hold him off. But that's a great weight. You know, I had uh, Baev taking third. You guys were so high on Baev um, and he won, he won a world title and then he's never made the team again, correct? Because he had to move up to 74. Yeah. Right, didn't Nothing. he win a world title in 20, what, 18, 19, somewhere there? Yeah, at seventy. Huh. Yeah, different guy at the at the weight. Um, the weight's just deeper. I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily a deeper guy, but he's weight, losing. Weight matters, right? Weight matters. Hundred percent. Yeah. Ask Ask James Green. That's yeah. That's what I was thinking of. We all were. Yes. Um, okay, so that was Russian Nationals. It was fun. Uh, you can get caught up really quick if you check out Kozak's article. I encourage you to do so. The best, most comprehensive international wrestling coverage, basically from him, but we got a lot of other guys chipping in too. Okay, uh, we, we were going to talk about uh, a little Ohio State, Penn State maybe? Was that what you wanted to do, J.D.? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's go for it. Because um, the new uh, the new freshman situation is going to uh, rear its head in this one, I feel like it, it very well could. Now, uh, Kozak says before we move on, Kozak oh. says Tadiev said they're working on getting into the World Championships and training as if they're going to wrestle in Serbia. So, you know that could be wow. total, um, you know, hope on their part. I don't know if it's something we hope for or not. I don't know where we really fall. I kind of want to see him wrestle in it. Just because it'll make worlds better, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not into geopolitics, so I'm not going to step in that one too deep. But yeah, Tadiev thinks they they got a shot, so it's not a hard no. So more to come there. We'll keep you posted. Maybe we'll do a write up on uh, what Tadiev said exactly. But he's saying there's a chance. 
He is. Okay. All right. Um, hey, so I was thinking about this point on the Ohio State-Penn State duel. And since it's going to come up, do you mind if we get to it first? Why don't we get to it first? Okay, here's the point I was thinking of. Is, you know, at 33 or at heavyweight, I think um, Ohio State's best option is going to be a true freshman. And now if if they redshirt those guys, which is definitely possible, um, and – you know, are say it's the second semester important duel like this, are they gonna bench their starter and not give their starter the reps because it gives them a better chance to win the duel? That kind of it kind of feels weird, you know. Like, and part of me says, Yeah, of course, you try to win the freaking duel, you know. And then part of me says, like, well, if it's in the balance, you kind of want to let the guy who's gonna wrestle up big tens get the feel for the guy and try to wrestle them and, and try to get better. So you leave the redshirt guy in redshirt, you know? So it's like, I can, I see both perspectives very easily and I don't know which one I exactly fall on. I think, listen, um, I kind of disagree. I guess I disagree. I understand. Really completely, I, I understand completely what you're saying. Yeah. But when you, for, especially like 33, who, who are they going to throw out there? That yeah, is even, I'm, so I'm not on a side per se right well, now. Okay. I'm but, but, like, I'm, uh, but I'm, let me allow me. They're going to throw out okay. someone there at 33 that is not going to, with it, other than the true freshman, if they throw out someone that's not Nick Buzakas or Jesse Mendes at 133, there is no amount of reps or feels that are going to get them on the Roman Bravo young level. So who yeah. honestly cares? And yeah. be, get you'll maybe if you wrestle well, you might see him at Big Tens or NCAAs or if you're in yeah. his path. So that's your chance, right? Sure. Um, for, well, for okay, or- so hold on, Christian. Let me let me push back a little bit. So, it, obviously, that would be Ruben Bravo Young would be an extreme case. Um, but say like a normal, right? Your your red shirt is ranked probably somewhere between twenty and thirty, and the and your starters like uh, maybe a, a fringe NCAA qualifier. Mm-hmm. And there's five, right? Because they, they can throw them in there five times. It's not just once. They can throw them in there up to five times. So if you take five dual meets away from the guy who's the legitimate starter that could potentially hurt his chances at qualifying, getting a couple good wins, those type of things. Sure. So I, I guess what I'm, Jen. well, the my other counterpoint is, well, who's to say that they're not going to be the guy, and that maybe this is a part of their their team selection process. And it's like, okay, how do you yeah. fare against um, a Greg Kerfleet, um, uh, Nick Feldman? Yeah. How do you do against RBY Jesse or Nick? Uh, so. You know, based on that, you, you get a you get a freebie, an opportunity yeah. to see how they how they can step up and compete. And I think you owe it to your fans to try to win a match, right? And let there it is not um, it's sort of unprovable to know the positive or negative impact of wrestling somebody and getting a feel for them, right? Like. Yeah, there's there's you wrestle and I'm using all right. I understand that RBY is not maybe the best example, but yeah, let's use someone else because I'll, think, I'll uh, do I'll do Kirkfleet. I'll do Kirkfleet. Uh, Kirkfleet Feldman. Um, it could be just as beneficial for Kirkfleet to get a feel for Feldman as it is for Feldman to get a feel for Kirkfleet, especially when you consider the game planning sure. on the other side and the way that they mm-hmm. adjust game plans based on performance. So it's it's certainly questionable that the benefit of that extra feel against the guy. So just try to win the duel. You should try to win the duel. You should try to beat Penn state. If you get a chance to beat Penn state, 
I'm not saying they're, they're going to or they could, but you don't throw out some guy you know is not as good. If you know that Buzakis or Mendez are your best option at 33 and you have a chance to compete against Penn State, you, you put out your best team. That's my opinion. Yeah. And honestly, it's got to be a pretty it, – I like how Tom Ryan normally uses his redshirts. They try to put their best lineup out there every single year. That's something Tom Brands certainly does as well. Cool. I think it's a good thing, and I think if you got your best guy, there's nothing to say. And we've 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 done the true freshman versus redshirt freshman and using them or saving. But you got a guy that's healthy and wrestling well and ready to go. There's there's you know five years down the line isn't promised to anyone, right? Look at look at how many guys we're seeing being like I'm done with this. I'm going to move on to senior level. Or I'm going to move on with life. You don't know what what that four or five years is going to do. So if they're hungry and wrestling well. Put your best lineup out there, and while they're healthy, um, yeah. And as Ross Patton says, you don't have to sacrifice one of the Koontz brothers, um, which is typically <laughs> oh, what happens. They um, just throw out a Koontz at, at these uh, elite. So Christian, why also why wouldn't Ohio State just have Mendez or Buzakis be the starter? They probably should, right? I I think they. I would almost. I would assume one of them. Will one be. of them almost has to, right? Yes. Yeah. Now, Orndorff Feldman is a different sort of thing because Orndorff is, is a is a previous All American, I believe, and he's you know certainly proven. So it's not the quite it's not the drop off that you would see at thirty three if you don't wrestle one of these true freshmen. Um, the other interesting thing, while while we're kind of talking about the lineup for for Ohio State, because that's one of the bigger questions, is one forty one with Dylan Demilio. You know, it was kind of thought coming in like. Buzakis 33, Mendez 41. That'll be what it is for Ohio State. And then now Jesse is not that big, right? He's really probably right now for this year a 33 pounder. So, yeah. and as is Buzakis. Probably so, one of those guys can grow a little bit, though. I feel like Mendez has the, the frame to do so. I mean, Buzakis has is, been trying to, but he like literally cannot. Yeah. yeah, actually, I looked at Mendez at uh, that, this Rudis Supermatch that I went to. And also, uh, so I, much bigger. What's that? Oh, yeah, but I mean, just like being close to Mendez, like I guess I had previously thought he was bigger, right? Just not, I, I probably hadn't been that close to him. I was talking to his high school coach for a little bit, and I was like, dang, he's kind of small. Yeah, I, I that's always happens to me with wrestlers. You watch him be like, oh, this is a big kid, and then you get up next to him, like, man, these guys are freaking small because I'm small, yeah. they're smaller than me. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I, I know he he wants to grow in because he wants to be a sixty-five, uh, yeah. kilo guy at the senior level, but you know it hasn't happened. It'll happen. I mean, he's still young, right? He had a growth spurt. JD's still growing, boy. Right. Look at him. So I think. Um, so I think we'll. There see are that. some kids who grow a lot after high school. Not everyone, but like, what about freaking uh, Hayden Zilmer? Hayden Zilmer. I mean, for all Hayden we know, Zilmer. Jesse Mendez is that the, will be. He might be our rep at, at 125 kilos sometime down the line. 2028. 2028. He could be our could be our Olympian. Okay. Yeah, he's gigantic. Yeah. Um, Joe Caprino wants to know if you have any tips on making a kid grow, Ben. Uh, you know what? I have this. I oh, I do have a theory, right? I have this theory that um, that none of our guys at AWA stay small because we don't ever make them cut weight. 
but and I, I'm not going to say a name here, but there was a kid who was really small and I had suspected his dad was making him make weight a whole bunch, you know, and he mm -hmm. said, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, just like denied it. But I, I was like, I was just very suspicious. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Corona hit his yeah. mug. I have to make weight. When I saw him again, I was like, damn, you're huge. What happened? He didn't have to make weight. Bro, he gained like 20 pounds. Yeah. If you're not, so if you're not I, depriving yeah. yourself of nutrition, turns out you It was grow. crazy. When I, saw, when I saw him again, I was like, whoa, what happened? It's been like, you know, because we closed for, what did we close for? Almost three months. And when I saw him after the three months, it was like, holy, holy crap. Man, you um, must have been twitching so three I months think, without coaching. Yeah. I, well, I actually think that um, literally putting your kids on a no weigh-in schedule, because some of these kids now, when they're younger, they compete so frequently. Um, and obviously, no one wants to put themselves in it. And this is, you know, like, we don't have our – we don't really like having our kids compete at a high level. Like, I got a couple 12 views here. I didn't really encourage them to come, and one of them is a younger brother. But it's like these dudes are cutting weight at twelve U, and I really, really do not like it. And so my kids aren't going to be really that competitive because they're just not cutting weight. They're you not going to cut the weight. And so, um, so, but it's hard, right? Because then emotionally you want to be competitive, um, but then you realize you're going to make the kids do the things necessary. So to me, it's like why show up, right? Why, why put your kids in a situation where they're at such a huge disadvantage? Um, just don't put them in a situation. And then by by the fourteen U. Um, you know, that, that's like eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade. They should be, you know, doing the right things, not cutting tremendous amounts of weight, but doing the right things to uh, make the weight class. Um, and then obviously most kids are stronger by that time too. So it's um, it's not as much of a factor as when they're 70 pounds and the other kids cutting a bunch of weight. It's a factor still, but not as much. And the more you get into high school, the less of a factor it becomes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for those smaller weight classes, those young 12U kids, I mean. It's crazy. Someone cutting down five, six pounds, that is a that is just such a huge advantage from, um, you know, a high school weight class, which are much more spread apart. And yeah, that that horsepower, it's such a, it's such a decider in a lot of these youth matches too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, for, for the younger guys, yes, it really is. Yep. Okay, so let's do this duel. Ohio State versus Penn State. Now, at 125, we have a, uh, a match that's happened before. Malik Heinzelman versus Robbie Howard. Um, Robbie had lost to him, I think, once, and then he got him uh, at NCAAs. Robert won. So definitely a toss-up match, probably a one-takedown match if uh, Malik Heinzelman has anything to say about it. And, yeah. you know, I think... So part of me, going into this prior to the freestyle uh, performance from Rob, Robbie, I would have probably picked Robbie just because mm. your development, getting healthy. And then Heinzelman is like still basically the same guy he's been since really his true freshman year. Like tough, tough out, but no mat game. And he's one to two takedowns a match. It's tough. But I think that I think this is as coin flip a match as we'll have. In this dual meet, um, yeah. but I'll, I'll take uh, I'll take Heinzelman in this one. I actually don't feel nearly as split as you do, Christian. Really, I, I feel like yeah. I mean, given who Robbie Howard just lost to, and Steen's not really killing it, um, I feel like Heinzelman has been 
consistently getting better. It's not mm. not huge amounts, but he's gotten better every yeah. year. If he just gets a little better this year, I think he's kind of in the bot the bottom AA tier, and I think uh, I think he's going to be uh, good to go on this one. Okay, so you've got you've got Malik. I, I have Malik as well. I feel pretty uh, confident in that one. James Dean. Hmm. I'm more on CP with this as a toss-up. It could go either way, depending on when and where this happens. I really do hope we see Robbie Howard this year. Like I said, he he put on Instagram literally yesterday that his shoulder's fine. And for people to stop asking. Really? Yeah, hold on. Let me see if it's still up. I thought it was like his elbow that was like completely dislocated All right. at World Team Trials. Well, he said, shoulders are fine. Thank you for the concern. No need to keep asking. Okay. Smiley face. So um, I will go with uh, Malik as well. I Dang. Suppose. The Malik sweep. Okay. Now, 33. Let's, let's actually make our prediction. Who is Ohio State's 133 this year? Who's it going to be? Oh, Jesse Mendez. Mendez, he says. That's the right pick. What's your prediction? And he Man, beats RBY. I would have said that going into it, and then, you know, obviously the World Team Trials plays out how it played out, and they they just seem to be neck and neck to me. Um, yeah, I think. But so I, I think uh, Mendez really loves to compete big time. He's gonna he's gonna be pushing to be put in there. I can't believe you guys didn't push back. I was joking when I said he's gonna beat RBY. I'm gonna pick RBY. I thought you were. I was well, just trying I, to get you guys. Up. Well, I assume trying to get you guys riled up. I mean, Ben, it's not that. It's not that. <laughs> it's pretty obvious you're kidding when you say that. Okay, all right, fair enough. Dang it, I got to be more. Uh, I got to sell it harder. Um, no, but I, th- I think Mendez really loves to compete, and he's going to push to be the guy. And um, Buzakis obviously has a junior world to go wrestle in, and you know who knows, maybe keep him occupied That's with freestyle Greco, and uh, you know keep him doing that in during the season. And then uh, let Mendez wrestle in the next year. And then by the next year, hopefully they're either 33, 41, or at that point, then you redshirt Mendez. And then by two years, one of them mugs better be bigger. Yeah, that's a good point. They could alternate them the first two years. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. So Buzakis focused on Junior Worlds up until late in the summer. Therefore, Mendez just zeroes in on being the 33. That kind of makes sense to me. Um. But you know, one thing we've seen with those junior world guys is they make big jumps sometimes in the summer. Just all those reps against the elite guys and the camps and the USA staff does great. I remember Colin Moore, when he made that junior world team, he made like insane leaps from a guy that was like really not even talked about to then he was Well, that's also part of it. I think he didn't have access to a lot of that before. Nick Buzakis has. Wait, I thought... But even Moore still, was already at Ohio State at that point in time. Yes, he was. He made it after his. He was, but year. if you looked at his redshirt year and you looked at even his open performance that year, it was not strong. Strictly the access, the point about JD made about access. Well, well, if you think that being in the Ohio State room and on the junior world team is comparable to the training he was getting in Florida, I would just have to disagree really strongly. Um, he certainly had good. No, no, who who are we talking about? Well, I'll talk about Buzakis. Colin Moore he hasn't Buzakis. been in Florida in a long time. Well, where so I was talking about Wyoming Wherever. Seminary. Wherever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Wyoming Seminary. Same thing. And he made a junior world team last year. Uh, I, guys, I was talking about Colin Moore. Moore. Yes. Okay, that's different. I know you're talking about Colin Moore, 
But I'm talking okay. the the point is Buzakis' training environment is significantly improved. And a Greco junior world team training camp is not comparable to freestyle in terms of folk, Dude, folk style applicability. Your head files. Huh? Greco guys, they might not even they might shake your hand and they just throw you. They might not even Sorry. I, yeah, I don't think Greco is a good base for folk style training. That's okay. Um, I agree. I agree. I'm not yeah, saying I, I don't think they would disagree. They would. They couldn't possibly. Um, mm. So yeah, I think I think there's a big opportunity for Buzakis to to jump levels here. But then again, M Mendez just staying behind zero and in. I think there's going to be a wrestle off in the unless unless there's a circumstance where one of them's like, ah, I don't want. I would rather redshirt than the other guy. Maybe we'll take it. I don't know. I don't know the dynamics there. So I'll say it's Mendez. Yeah. I. I'll, I'll sure, I'll, I'll go sure. Mendez as well, just because I know I like Jesse. Doesn't matter for this duel though. Does not matter. Um, it's a decision for RBY, in my opinion. Mm, I could see Major. Okay. Major, I'm saying no, no. Listen, Mendez had a 12-3 lead on Seth Gross. Seth Gross just beat Jaden Fix. No, I think RBY is going to win, but I I would be shocked if it's a blowout. Here's I might who, here's who uh, Roman bonus last year. He pinned Josh oh. Coderhant. He majored Dom LaJoy. He majored Matt Ramos. Uh, he teched Serrano and Kohler. He teched King Sandoval. I don't think there's anyone of uh, Mendez's caliber that got bonus last year by Roman Barlow Young. That's my. I was hoping that was the point you were going to make. That is the I, point I can I'm see making. Roman getting up by four or five, you know, like a couple takedowns. And then one of the guys, maybe even Buzakis, tries to go upper body, get something big late, and he like secures a late takedown to win by eight. Maybe. Like a not like a nine one, something mm -hmm. like that. Where he got, you know, three takedowns, maybe two backs and an escape. Maybe a writing time point, maybe three takedowns. Two back to the right time. Not unreasonable. Not unreasonable. I, I have a – it could certainly transpire that way, and there have been better guys that have been bonused. But – Especially for a young guy, I could see getting down by two takedowns early, going, oh, crap. Really? I need to go I need I, to go get some takedowns. I need to score opening up. And then Roman's like, sweet, dude, go behind. I feel like Mendez has always does such a good job at like coming out fast. Mm -hmm. So if anything, I could see Mendez maybe getting an early takedown or two, and then RBY starting to uh, wear him down and pick him apart as it gets later yeah. in the match. I I think it's a pretty competitive uh, match, and this is a guy that, it, especially when you consider Roman, Roman can ride for sure. I'm not dis dismissing his mat wrestling, but he makes his money as a neutral wrestler. He gets takedowns. He doesn't get taken down. And so if, you've, if you're envisioning a, a, a neutral battle, we know that Mendez can compete with. I don't think he's better than Roman on his feet. I'm not even suggesting that. I don't think Nick is either. But he can wrestle with really good guys on his feet, as evidenced by his yeah. senior-level run. Um, so, yeah, for I think it's a decision. I, I feel actually pretty comfortable in Mendez holding yeah, it to a decision. I agree. I'm going decision as well. Ah. Okay, here we ah. go. Main event. Dylan D'Amelio versus Bo Bartlett. Now, DD versus BB. 
Oh my gosh. Um, so these two wrestled what did they wrestle at Super 32? Um I feel like I, they did uh, maybe like I think Demilio won. Yeah. I think so also. Um yeah. So Demilio beat him. This was in 2018, so super recent. Um yeah, I, I feel like Bo Bartlett actually, so remember last week I said I kind of maybe pick on Bo Bartlett too much because you're always just talking crazy. Um, he I've never said anything has, crazy about Bo Bartlett. That's, you're that's always the talking part. crazy about Bo Bartlett, Christian Piles. Listen, look at look oh. at 141-pound rankings right now and, and tell me Bo Bartlett can't beat a lot of these guys. Tell me who he can't uh, beat. You tell me Bo Bartlett uh, cannot beat, cannot beat um, – CJ Composto, who's gonna be ranked fourth. Listen, you were trying to convince me Bo Bartlett could beat Yanni last year. I'm not. I'm not. No, stop, stop. You that's, did. I heard you. That's not true. It came out of your mouth. We all heard you. you Rewind the tape. It didn't. It didn't. And if you can produce it, please do. And uh, I would. I'd be. If I said it, it was obviously a joke. Um, <laughs> which. Um, no, I feel like Bo Bartlett has improved more than uh, Dom D'Amelio. Uh, and I think I think it's pretty evident Bo Bartlett is going to win this match. Would it change your mind at all if I told you he just beat him at U20 World Team Trials this month? <laughs> that happened? Yes. They're not U20s, though, so it's The quarterfinals, 65 kg. D'Amelio won. Wow. 8 to 6. That's U23s. That happened? That happened. Christian Piles, defend yourself. Um, Freestyle. That's the only defense really you can have. Bo is usually better at freestyle. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it tough. That's what makes it tough for me, Ben. Wow. All right. I put my foot in my mouth so bad. Let's send that match to Tyler. Let's, let's slowly watch through it. Um, I'm going to Emilio then, and I look like a moron. Because, uh, wow, I did not realize it happened, and that does, um, yeah. Uh, Emilio did not have a great college year. Hmm. He Moke did not. Is, uh, I feel like he was tournament. sort of up and down, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, yes, yeah, it was three weeks ago. Man. Um, I don't know. I'm having a hard time picking against him, though. You know? 22 and 11 made the national tournament. Was 1 and 2. He lost to Kinner. He beat uh, Josh Mason, and he lost to Ironman. That's not terrible. He beat Tal Shahar and he beat uh, Phileas at Big Tens. He got a win over Sebastian. He lost to Berglund. He lost to Ironman. Oh, was up 4 0 on this guy. What in the heck? Picking him apart with one. He did Five. have a win over Cole Matthews. That's not bad. That's his best win of the year for sure. Uh, yeah, he doesn't really have any other super highly ranked wins. Bo was up 5 1. In the first period, now they got a big four. Uh, There's no big fours in which opened it up. He hasn't the match. Yeah, yeah, he could get it with this fireman's. He might have gotten uh, backers, six points. Some backers. No, nah, I think Bo actually rolled through it. Um, yeah, that's interesting. That so this will be a huge. I mean, it's ah, uh, is it probably be must win for Ohio State? They they're gonna need this one for sure. They're gonna need this one. I actually yeah. need to get this one. Um. Man, Kristen, do you ever just like shake your head sometimes when you say stupid stuff like I just did? And then you're like, 
oh man, that really happened. The four, well, the four pointer in that Demilio hit is exactly zero points in folk style of of note. Just really, really worthless. Sending your boy Bo Bartlett to the dead. No, no, no. Death. That's not defense. That's not. De- that I is think just, it's right here if you're it's watching. Just, it's just, currently. it's just a mere fact of life that that is not any points at all. Um, I'm not t- I actually fast forward like 30 seconds on that clock, Tyler. When there's, see the... yeah. When there's 126 left in the second, yeah. Just let it play from here. It's about to come. Listen, it's nice. Don't don't get it twisted, but Bo completely recovers. Well, that is four in freestyle. Those are the rules. And maybe yeah, but, yeah, I, yeah. And I hate it when um, I actually do hate it when people um, say things like you just did, uh, Christian. Because obviously, if you're an an intelligent um, if you're an intelligent wrestler, you're going to do the maneuvers that work the most effectively for that style. You're not going to say like, "Well, I'm not going to do this one because it wouldn't be." Points in folk style, right? You're just going to try to get the four points. Well, and I mean, similarly, when you're watching a freestyle match for folk style application, it's basically who won the takedown battle, right? If you're trying to actually glean but, something. But it shouldn't be, Christian. And then, like for me, I did all, I did, I scored so many points on front head pinches and gut wrenches, which are zero points in folk style. But it was like, okay, these these holds are the ones that are most effective for freestyle. So a really intelligent athlete is going to um, cater their style to what's most effective for that rule set. I know that. But like, okay, similarly, so- Bo gets a bunch of step outs here. Those aren't any points in, in folk style either. I don't know, I'm not putting yeah. a bunch of stock in this. Okay, cool. I, I'm just saying, I'm saying... Um, that I really don't like it when some people like discount specific performances. Uh, not did no no it, hold on that's not discounting on. that's not discounting. I sound like you're doing discount double check for a no, second. No there. double check. I'm no Aaron Rodgers. That's for sure. I'm just saying a lot of these exchanges don't have a lot of application when we're talking about a folk style match. That's a fact. A four point dump is not that doesn't mean as much as it does in freestyle. That's a fact. So it's, I'm not dismissing. Um, this is a, yeah. obviously an earned win by D'Amelio. Um, yeah. And Bartlett, you know, Bartlett has blown some leads. I'm pretty sure he had, at World Team Trials, I forget who, he was up pretty big against. It might have been Ian Parker. I can't recall. But yeah. he was up against someone, and he, he blew a big lead there. That is a, that is a concern, on being unable to, to hold leads. Um, but anyways... I'll pick I'll pick Bo in this instance. You know, I feel like it's I feel You're like Bo. Yeah. Who'd you pick? After all of that? After all of what? What'd you expect me to do? Um uh, I thought you were picked Emilio given the evidence that we had. You didn't. Uh, or yeah, you did. You all did. No, I am. I'm picking Demilio because I feel like an idiot. I'm going Bo. Boom. He's coming Haters around. And losers. Haters and losers. I don't hate Dylan DeMillion. I think he's I think he's really good. Um, we'll see. This this is I'll I'll be okay. All the bow BS aside, this is kind of the put up or shut up year for me and my bow trumpeting. Because I, I run out of time. all arguments. I run of, out of everything if if it if it doesn't materialize this year. And and he doesn't have to win NCAs, though he though he could. 
He could win NCAAs. No, I mean, listen, if if, if Bo Bartlett is a, a solid mid-range All-American, say like, say like four to six, I think there's a significant improvement and a, a great performance by him. Yeah. So he's down at his best weight. He's at a well, 141 might be one of the most wide open, which is code for least proven weight classes in NCAAs this year, barring some other guys yeah. moving up. Total sidebar. Is Quincy Monday really going up? Oh, I didn't hear that. Um, where did you hear There's that? Another another site that had him in the rankings at 165 pounds. I should have asked the Princeton coaches when we were on the phone the other day. Yeah, opportunity missed. Um, I'll ask. Maybe I'll get an answer. Okay. Um, okay. They actually probably listened to the show because they did steal a clip when I brought up what they had said about their graduation rate, and they put it up on social media. Pretty smart of them, actually. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I can't see you guys. I like it when I can see you. I can only see the Demillion Bartlett match. Can oh, I, really? I can't even yeah. see that right now. So, um, oh, all right. Hey, there you are. Hi. All right, we're up to 149. Sammy Sasso versus Shane Van Ness. Um, don't don't do it, Christian. Oh no, I'm gonna talk you off a ledge here. Don't do it. I'm just saying. All I'm saying is this: look into it. Shane, no, Sasso, let's go. Yeah, I think Sasso. I think for this, this will be Shane's first time against Sammy. I think they'll have him prepared for some of his stuff. But man, what he'll take an attack and Sammy will counter. Um, get a score. He could. He could have, the cradle's always a looming threat for Sammy, but I think it's just a I think it's a decision win for Sasso. I don't think yeah, it depends on the yep. I agree. Shane, I got it's like, a total guess it, with Shane right now. That's so why I say you can't pick Shane at this point. You there's it, it literally what would you be basing it on? You're literally I don't know uh, what it would be based on. That's what you did on. last week. What did you do with Shane Van Ness last week? You picked him over um Oh, you picked him over freaking Kyle Parko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, I I have a tendency to err on the side of if I think it maybe sort of is questionable or close. I think if in general you skew toward Penn State, you're going to be right a lot more. And that's been basically true for me since I started doing this show. All right, fair enough. Fair I was enough. I remember I remember a Cornell coach coming up to me like, you are an idiot when I picked uh, uh, Bo Nickel to beat Gabe Dean. And at, at preseason, I picked him to do this. It's like, I may be, and, I, and I didn't refute that I could be an idiot, but look into it. <laughs> They're really good. Uh, okay, 57. Hey, I, got, I got eight minutes left or so. so All right, we'll uh, get through it. it. It gets right. a little faster here. Um, Patty Gallagher versus Terrell, uh, Terrell Barraclaw. This uh, is the biggest coin flip here, guys. You said 33, or you said 25. Really? I say this one. You are giving a lot. Who are you going to oh, pick? What? Patty. You were giving a lot of credit to Terrell Barraclaw, in my opinion. Let me look at Patty's record. Now, see, now we're slowing down the show, and I'm going to oh, Patty. I should have the wrestle statue. I feel like Patty Geller was good, not great last year, and I feel the exact same way about Barraclaw. 17-2 and two with losses. to. Oh, he had a forfeit. He lost to Levi Haynes. And Michael Petit. Well, and maybe they'll bring in Levi Haynes. Why aren't we putting Levi Haynes in Penn State? I don't think he can make 57 anymore. Levi? Yeah. He just made 54. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
That's true. That's mounting evidence to the contrary. All I know is none of them will beat Mitchell Messenbrink. Shout out. He lost to he lost to Michael Pettit. Dude. I listen, Petty Gallagher's year was you guys are overrating his year. He lost to on WrestleStat, the number 38 guy, and he lost to a high school kid. His best win is number that's a forfeit. That's a forfeit. His best wins number ninety-two, Trenton Watcher. Okay, look look at Ter- Terrell's year. It's not great either. No, That's he lost to number. He lost to number eighty-six, Jalen Harper. Um, but yeah. Listen, Pat, I I really I have Patty here. I have no reservations about it. I'm not saying I'm not predicting a bonus. I'm not predicting. I'm not saying Terrell Bearclaw is not an NCAA caliber wrestler. I'm just saying, if at this point in time, Patty Gallagher is not, after being a year in the room there, is not beating the Terrell Bearclaw, something something is wrong with that picture, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, what so, if it's I Haynes? Mean, huh? What obviously, if it's probably go with Haynes. Bearclaw's level of competition was much, much higher this year uh, when you just kind of look through both of their stats. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not very good, but and Patty Gallagher had a lot more wins, but I think if the level of competition for Bear Claw looked like Gallagher's, he'd have a lot more wins too. And I think I I mean I wouldn't say I rule disagree. out if Levi Haynes is the best guy, he might go at fifty seven. Don't dis- especially given the rule. Especially given the rule. And especially given how much Kale likes to stick it to Ohio State. It's his favorite. He loves it. So if he can if he can throw that wrinkle, I would pick Haynes to beat Patty. I mean, he already beat him. Patty was a college wrestler. He lost him. When we made the Ohio State 133 pick. Who do you think is the guy at 157? Hmm. For this duel, it's kind I of tough. Put Haynes out there. Man, he might. Kale might have some fun with this new rule. Um, playing some head games. Yes. Yeah, I, I think NCAA-wise, I'm not sure the value of, for, for NCAAs, I don't see the value of using Levi this year. Um. But I could see him getting used. Oh, you think they're going to win? They're they are just such runaway favorites here. Yeah, Who is? Yeah, but you do the so thing. So many times they wrestle the best guy. I was about to say you do the thing you said just five minutes ago. You got a guy. He's the guy. He's the best guy. He's ready. You send him out. You smoke yep. him if you got him. But yeah, with the, with the yeah. squad they and have, why? Because if he's ready, like he, you, you never know. Like he's you said, ready to beat Patty Gallagher. Is he ready? Is he ready to? place is he ready to um place at least is kind of thinned out a lot so i think True. there's a potential there um all right and then but another thing christian you gotta think about is if if he bumps up then it's him or facundo so maybe you go him at 57 for one year and then you put him behind facundo for a year as yep. a red shirt mm-hmm. i mean that that would make a lot of sense also or if facundo's not getting the job done then you know you put haynes as the guy yeah i don't i don't disagree with that um hey uh, I gotta run, so I'm, I'll make my picks real quick. I'm gonna go. Here's what I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Levi Haynes over Patty Gallagher, 57. Karchla at wins at 65. Siraki wins at 74. Uh, and he's competitive though. Um, Brooks wins 84. Competitive also, no major. Um, Gavin Hoffman's probably not gonna pull the upset. Um, so I'm gonna go Max Dean, and then they are gonna pull out Nick Feldman. He's going to win the duel for him. Whoa. Oh, my gosh. 
All right, we're getting that in the doc. We'll finish. So you're not on the show Wednesday, and what's up Thursday? I'm there Thursday. I'm ready Thursday. Okay, boom. Have fun. Uh, I got a disc golf tournament. I got a big disc golf tournament tomorrow at my house. Don't so blow much it, fun. dude. Have fun. All right. See you guys. Hey, see ya. Thank you, Ben. Okay. He's gone. He's in Utah to coach the young Askronites to victory. And we will we will move forward, James Dean. Um, who do you have? Uh, are, are you putting Levi there for the – I think we said Levi's going to be the guy. It, it's hard to – yeah. What would be the downside to using Levi in that I don't see any? For the same reason I think you use Jesse or Nick at 33 in this duel, even if they're not going to be the guy at Big Tens. Especially considering there are several toss-up matches in this duel that could make it close. Yeah. Okay. Carson Karchla versus Alex Facundo. I'm going Karchla here. I think, uh, listen, this guy was right there with basically everyone last year. He's incredibly good 65-pounder. Tough dude. Um, Facundo's he, not someone you can discount. And if he gets three cracks at, at Karchla, who Car- Carson is is not uh, afraid of just wrestling a one-takedown match and winning it, you could see Facundo maybe competing in one of those. But this first time, this will be the duel. I've got Carson winning this one. Yeah, you, you kind of have to go with Carson in yeah. this one. He, he proved last year he's he's a top guy. Yes. 74, Carter Storacci versus Ethan Smith. Competitive match. Uh, potentially even exciting, but at the end of it, you got to go with Carter. Have to. Got to. Contractually obligated. Aaron Brooks versus Caleb Swolmarrow. Um, AB, Same thing. <laughs> as the Twitter handle says, AB all day. And I got Brooks. I did decision for sure. I don't see any bonus points. 97, Hoffman's, man, one of the more improved guys in NCAA wrestling. He really turned a lot of heads last year making the semis, but we saw what happened in the semis, and it'll be similar. Max Dean in this scenario, and I'm not, I don't know about Feldman over. That's jumping the gun a that's, bit. That's, that's, a, that's classic gun jumping from Ben there. Um, I've got. I've got Kurt Fleet winning by decision over whoever Ohio State puts out. Yep. And I think you I agree. you would be foolish to assume it'll be Feldman. Uh, I think it's certainly a possibility, but I don't know that for sure. No, uh, I, I agree. Do you think, and I don't think this, because we've seen Feldman wrestle controlled matches, especially re- recently, mm-hmm. some top matches, but because he is more of a high-paced heavyweight that there you run the risk of against the best guys like Schultz, a Kirkfleet, Cassiope, potentially giving up bonus. Ooh. Versus Orndorff, you know, he, he yeah. he's not going to shoot himself into that. Uh, that, is a, that is a thing. I think Schultz... I think you can shoot yourself out of the match. I don't know if he's going to shoot himself into getting bonus. I I would be surprised if a Cassiope could bonus him. Um, you know, Kirkfleet. I'm not. I don't see that honestly. I think it's just a straight takedown battle with Greg and Nick if it happens. Um, I forgot. Kirk uh, majored Orndorff twice last year. Yeah. 
good gracious. So um, he might have to go major if Orndorff's out there. Yeah, he's done it twice. And I think this is – that's a – it should be Feldman here. You should use Feldman. This is the perfect scenario to, to use him because it's low risk. You get a crack at their guy. You can see how he stacks up against, you know, a top three or four heavyweight without the risk of, of pulling the retro. You've got to save – I think you've got to use Feldman here, especially with, you know, Orndorff has had um, multiple cracks, right? So you got to use Feldman in this scenario. And uh, all that said, I think it's probably Greg. But definitely a very interesting match for Ohio State who, you know, they had this guy. They had Greg Kirkfleet. Now they got the another, you know, Greg was the number one heavyweight, pretty sure at that time. And now they mm-hmm. got another number one heavyweight that's going to try to beat him. So that'll be a very, very juicy match should it happen. And that's Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, what is We the both total? have um, Penn State winning. Uh, by three, six. No nine, bonus five. for any of us. No. 15. Tw- 21, 21, 9 for me. Ben has it, actually, I believe, tied, so it would come down to criteria. And he said, he said that Feldman wins it for him, so we assume he gets the takedowns necessary um, for the criteria win, and then you've got it. That would, that, that would make that Demilio Bartlett match. Very big. <laughs> yeah. Very, I mean, honestly, there's a lot of toss-up matches in here with Robbie Robbie Malik, uh, Dylan Bowe. Apparently, 57 is a, a major toss-up um, if it's Bearclaw, but Haynes, I guess we're saying. They need Gallagher to win, I think, for to, to win this duel as well. They need D'Amelio. They need Gallagher. They need Malik if they want to be in this mm-hmm. duel. I agree. Uh, fun duel. And I the the dynamic of the the not redshirt pool but true freshman getting thrown out there is going to make a lot of these duels and the speculation going into the duels so fun. Really looking forward to all that. Looking forward to the upcoming season. Why don't we go to some questions, uh, young James? Let's get it. The Real Avery Lynch has been asking food-related questions for quite some time, uh, and I don't think we've answered many of them. So let's answer this one: dream breakfast meal. Dream breakfast meal. I'm, I'm, I don't know a dream. I'm just going to give just kind of my ideal, probably. Um, I love steak and eggs. Oh, nice, uh, medium rare. It's hard to get good steak and eggs, though. I know. That's why this is the dream. A good steak. That's true. A good steak. Imagine you go to a steakhouse and you get that good steak. It's that steak, JD. That's the steak we're getting. And then we're going to get three. We're at Vince Young's. Longhorn Steakhouse. That's right. That's right. Here in Austin, Texas. At 10 a.m. At 10 a.m. <laughs> and I'm saying, Vince, I know you're back there. Make me that real good medium rare steak. Um, a nice New York strip. I like a New York strip. I'll eat a sirloin. A lot of people t- look down on sirloins. Not me. Very relatable. I love the steak. I love Common sirloin. Man. Wow. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I love a good ribeye. I might go ribeye. Might go. I'll say New York strip, medium rare. Three over easy eggs. And some really good bread, toasted bread, and uh, that's it for me. You know, good coffee and water. That's my that's my dream breakfast. My go-to at a diner. So, and I'll say it's my dream breakfast. Well, I'm a basic man, just kind of a, a Denver omelet. Okay, some I love ham, omelets. bacon, cheese. You know, some hash browns on the side to eat with as well. Uh, some cheddar cheese in there. Maybe, maybe some peppers. Maybe a little spinach, tomatoes. 
Um, and then a small side of pancakes uh, with maple syrup and butter. Yeah. Coffee and a water. Yeah, I might have my mom make uh, the bacon that she makes because it's really good. They have a lot. Of, there's two two pieces of bacon to go along with it. So, yeah, I like the bacon in the omelet. I yeah, it's okay. That's okay. Um, I like a I like the veggie omelet. Veggie, well, no well, meat. Well, no, and ham. Yeah, so I like the peppers and the onions, tomatoes, mm-hmm. ham, bacon, cheese. You a you a sour cream. crispy bacon boy or thin? Um. Or loose. Well, I like it. I don't like it loose. I want it. Oh, yeah. I want it crispy. I want that thing snapping. No. You like it loose? You just like burnt meat. You like your bacon well done. <laughs> no, I like it. I like it to crisp a little bit. Um. Okay, Coach Chris. All right, we talked about Coach Chris. We talked about the states, uh, the new weight classes. Um. Next question. Uh. Okay, Johnny Rose Beef. I'm a wrestler first and BJJ guy second, but who's next is definitely one of my favorite things that Flo's ever done. I know wrestling and jujitsu have major differences. But what are the chances you guys will be able to organize a wrestling version of who's next? Um, we certainly could do it for sure. Um, definitely something we're talking about doing. Glad you enjoyed who's next. Hope all of you uh, go back and watch it. If you haven't watched it, many of you have. I'm really stunned how many wrestling people have watched this, but um as I said, we, we set out with the goal of making something that you don't have to be a jiu-jitsu person to enjoy. And that's been the case, and it's been awesome. It's definitely the most ambitious project we've ever had at Flow. And, yeah, I encourage you guys to watch it. We have the Who's Next finale July 14th here in Austin, Texas, the Palmer Events Center. I think tickets may still be available. It may be nearly sold out if you want to go to that. But you can watch live on Flow Grappling. All Flow subscribers can watch it. Um, so if you have a subscription, check it out. And the videos are up for free, so you can watch those. And we're putting them on YouTube. So check it out. Would love to do it in wrestling. Uh, everyone would. Um, getting the jujitsu guys is a lot easier than the wrestling guys because it's just, a, as I've discussed before, and won't bring it up again, the economies are just very different where jujitsu guys need to compete and be visible. And a lot of wrestling and senior-level wrestlers are, are paid by – you know, funded by by charity, and it's just a different dynamic altogether. Pew, Sold pew. out. Sold out. No, Forget it. No more tickets for the Who's, who's next, next finale. We're sold out. Sorry, guys. But it's going to be epic. Okay, this is a good question from Dan Althaus. If JB wins number seven this year, is he is he the auto goat, or does John Smith six straight still trump him, or is it still a debate? Auto is what makes this a question because, in my opinion, he's already goat. Wow. Uh, and it's, That's it's not even like a hard argument for me, really. Really? Really. Man, I think there is something pretty special about six in a row, uninterrupted. Um, he did have – John did have losses in there, but to win six straight World and Olympic titles um, – I think I, I no. My answer is no. He's not the auto goat if he wins seven. Seven being a bigger number than six is not like the differentiator. It is another bullet, another cap and a feather in the cap for the team JB side. But I don't think it makes him the auto goat. I think it is still a debate, unquestionable. I agree that there still will always be debate. 
Um, if J this. if JB ran uh, 22, 23, 24, the, the auto goat, right? I mean, that, that is, that is an indisputable goat resume if he does it at his age. Now that is a, well, you could always play the what if game. What if what? What if John would have kept wrestling? But he did not. I know. That would be, I don't think you can play that game. You can only judge it by the merits of what you did, right? You can't base it on what may have happened um so yeah if if jordan were to run three in a row now and sweep and really sweep the quad go 21 22 23 24 which i mean i'll I'll be honest as big a jordan burroughs fan as i am i think that's in a lot of ways far-fetched that he would be able to and the biggest aspect of that would be going down to 74 and winning the olympics there winning that spot i think he'll win he's my prediction to win worlds this year uh, or up. I would love it. I He has told me after I kind of gave him my pitch on that, he's not even considering that. But it could be a big, massive smoke screen, which I think would be genius. I think he should go up. As everyone knows that listen to this show, I don't think he will go up. Um, But yeah, the, the res, it is an undisputable, re, indisputable resume if Jordan were to do that. Now, I do think he will win in 23, uh, 22 and 23. I think he'll win this year. I think he'll make the team next year. I think he'll win again. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's my thought. But very much a debate. Very much a debate. You don't think it's still a debate? Say, what if makes the team in 2024 but doesn't win gold? Mm. I, think, I think it's tough because – Two Olympic titles is just something that is really special about what John did, I think. And given the cur- it's also con- very conveniently timed for him. How do you mean? That like he didn't come out of college or like when he started he wasn't like at the first year of a cycle. Like that he was able to do it like within six years instead of like seven years. Okay, like, got it. it. Like, just that he had that a couple shorter but he won years. he won a world title in college i'm pretty sure right yes but like he got to go like in that time frame like his he didn't have to make it longer mhm i guess i don't understand but that's okay um yeah so i think it's like he a, only had to go 6 years to win two olympic titles oh right Okay, That's gotcha. That's what I'm trying to say. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, the sure, but you the the you would only need four years to win two Olympic titles. That's true. Okay, um, it's a debate. I think it's a debate that will probably rage. On. My prediction is it's it's the debate of debates for some time because I don't think Jordan's going to do anything super definitive to to put his stamp that says I I'm unquestionably the greatest of all time. Um, the question will be how long will they be the one and two and how long is it before someone comes along and you know maybe changes that dynamic because what's interesting is my thought is Snyder or for Sajalayev I think he's going to go through 24 that'll give him 10 well maybe not though now 10 maybe not because I think Sajalayev wrestles through 24 and then he is basically the greatest to ever do it and then retires 
And then Snyder, who is going to be still very young at that point. I mean, yes. for for an upper weight. Is he 26? He's 26 right now, I believe. Um, he is 26 until November of 2020. So with that factored in, I see him, you know, picking up where Sajalayev leaves off and then winning some more titles. And that's not to say he can't win between now and then. He's certainly going to try, and he might get a title this year. So Snyder could be a guy that accumulates a lot more gold 24 through 28. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes a different thing. And then he's got the – he starts his career winning three in a row, and he literally has the feather and cap of beating – the GOAT. He has a win over him, which will be um, as good a win as, as either these guys, John or him. So John has uh, Bella Glazov, I believe. But um, So, yeah, it'll be it'll be a debate that rages on for sure. It's. I'm sure Kyle doesn't think this way, but it is so unfortunate for him <laughs> that he's at the same time and weight yeah. as Sajulayev. I, I, we I, think of him in a totally different way if he is not – at Sajalayev's weight. Seriously. I mean, it's it's just a fact. Um, if Sajalayev stays 86 all this time, and then we view David Taylor differently, right? Because I don't, don't – David is interesting against Sajalayev, but, I mean, just I just don't think there's a snare anyone's better than this guy. I mean, David just lost to Yazdani. Yeah, I think Yazdani would get worked by Sajalayev. But – I, th- I do think David matches up better than Yazdani does. But no one matches up great, honestly. Um, you got to be you gotta be pretty freaking special. So, yeah, the GOAT, the GOAT debate is very, very fun. All right. Um, next up, let me see this other question here. What do we think of Imar leaving Oregon State for Illinois? Ah... I think it's a, you know, he went from being an assistant at Oregon State to a volunteer assistant at Illinois. So it's not like a lateral move necessarily, which, you know, that's, I think is notable. I think Illinois was a good spot for him previously. I think from a competitive standpoint, the the IMAR at Illinois versus the IMAR at Oregon State, that's like a completely different competitor. So, I could see that if this is for him ramping up to get it, to becoming more of a competitor again and getting back to like where he was as the guy that beat Jordan Burroughs, took a match from him and was looking great to when he went to Oregon State, we, I feel like we never really we didn't see that guy since. So I think if it's if he's going there to kind of breathe more life into his senior level career, I think probably a smart move because I think at Oregon State that wasn't going to be the case. I think at Oregon State he was being he needs to be a coach there, right? And where at Illinois as a volunteer, maybe he can be more of a of, of that training partner, supporting uh, element as a coach, but someone that's really focusing on on getting as good as they can for the senior level, which is what I think he was doing when he was at Illinois previously. Maybe, um, and like I said, maybe any just to me, anytime I see. Coach, even attached to it, even if it's just a basically like a name tag, I'm kind of weary just because the best guys in this country don't even waste their time associating that 
putting that tag. Yeah. Dake has, Dake has kind of been off and on with the staff for Cornell while, uh, you know, while making teams, I believe. He was in Yanni's corner for one of his titles. So he's he's sort of been there, but, like, not a ton. Uh, who else has? Not Gilman. Not Yeah, most of them have not. Gross just made a team as a coach. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do think it is it, – Current, I'm talking about the best your, of the best. Your Gimmons, Kyles, Davids, Jordans. Yeah, they're just just wrestling. Yep. And Jordan did it one year and was like, no, I'm not going to – this is not good. This is taking too much of a distraction. If you're doing coaching right, then your senior-level career should be it, taking a, a back seat. Yeah, it's a all your eggs in one basket yeah. thing. It, it, it's hard to put your foot in the door, two different doors. Right. Even if it is only taking a little bit of time, like, that's time you could just be, like, relaxing, not thinking about anything, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Um, Okay. We're going to call it there. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. No, Ben. But I think Shane and you, you leave Thursday. I will not be here Thursday. And then Ben's back Thursday. So it's just me this week. The, the constant a little snip snap action we'll all be here thank you guys you guys so much for listening hope you guys have a great great Tuesday fun week coming and uh, we will see you tomorrow see you guys